Do you want to make more Dynasty trades? Sure, we all do. Tune in once a week to the Trade Addicts podcast and see how easy it is to train to be a great Dynasty trader. At Trade Addicts Pod, thousands of men and women have prepared to win championships without sacrificing value. And now, from your phone, car, or computer, you can learn to increase your team's Dynasty value. Many topics such as keep trade buy, make amends, and trade addicts trades will get you ready to make your own trades. So make the important call right now and check out the Trade Addicts podcast. Welcome to the DLF Dynasty podcast with your hosts, Dan Myler, Ryan McDowell, and Matt Price. Yes, we are the DLF Dynasty Podcast, Dan, Matt, and Ryan, and we are here for episode 555 of the pod. The Super Bowl is in the books, guys. How was the game, Matt? Oh, man, it was so exciting. Uh, one of the, I mean, depending, I guess it kind of fizzled out at the end a little bit, depending on if you're a, if you're an Eagles fan, you're probably not very happy about that call, but uh, it was a fantastic game. It was exciting all the way through. Uh, even uh, my girlfriend and her sister, which is their birthday weekend, they came in late uh, from doing something and they even sat down and were a little bit intrigued and they are not football fans at all. So uh, if that tells you anything, uh, I thought it was a very, really fun game. Yeah, there were so many good storylines, Ryan, so many plot twists really throughout the week leading up to it. The brothers playing against each other and their mom being around, of course, the Kelsey's uh the the coaching history with uh Andy Reid being the former Philadelphia Eagles head coach and and the two quarterbacks that you know have just made waves throughout the league here over the last couple of years um really the leading MVP candidates really facing off in the Super Bowl there was there was just so much intrigue I don't know were you like me and when that flag hit the hit the ground it just disappointed you a little bit <laughs> Yeah, I guess. I guess so. But um, I mean, I've seen some comments that that ruined the game or that, you know, I don't think I don't think that's the case. No. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I didn't say ruined. I, I, I said disappointed for a reason. There was just like my heart sank a little bit. We as as people that pay for this product, it feels like we missed out on what could have been an epic ending to a Super Bowl. And I would have liked to see it. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, you're talking about Philly getting the ball back and potentially coming back. I mean, well, Jalen Hurts get the with the way he played in that football game. I wanted gosh. to see him get it one more time and get one last shot at it. Have I, I don't know if it's ever happened, but I would have liked to see him win MVP. I don't know if it happens ever for a losing someone on a losing team, but like he I was, he, he was doing everything. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was a star. Yeah, he, Joe, it was a great game. For sure. There's uh, and there's a lot more to talk about. We're going to get to that for sure. Um, but and, you know, outside of the Super Bowl, now we've kind of turned the page. And for a lot of us as commissioners, guys, we saw my fantasy league turn things over to 2023. Mm-hmm. And that's an exciting time for us. We're we're collecting dues and getting ready to uh, really start our off season. Ryan, I know you've been talking a lot to to the to the managers in your leagues, getting things fired up. Uh, it's an exciting time in dynasty. Yeah, absolutely. I know, uh, 
uh, all three of us and and so many others still uh, play on my fantasy league and that that rollover and seeing those rookies seeing the new picks uh potentially to trade uh, getting those new folks in to take over teams and whether you're doing dispersal auctions i know matt's talked about some of those that he's been doing over the past few weeks uh definitely just just a fun time to to kind of lead into uh the off season and eventually the, the 2023 season. So yeah, this definitely feels like the beginning of something and and I'm excited about it. Yeah. Not the end of something, which the Super Bowl kind of culminates the playoffs and really the 2022 season, but as dynasty managers, we're always thinking about what's next, who's the next big name. And we got more of those big names to talk about. Of course, our, our three rookies in the rookie report, which we'll finish the show with. We're also doing a couple rounds of a startup mock. We haven't done enough mocks. So uh, we'll try to get as many picks in as we can in that. We got our sleeper stash of the week as well, but first. The startup. And we kind of buried the lead, guys. The startup's got to be the Super Bowl. And really, it all starts... With Jalen Hurts, we're going to try to try to put a dynasty spin on all these conversations, Ryan. But you mentioned Hurts, and we talked about his huge game: three hundred four yards through that touchdown pass, but fifteen carries for seventy yards and three touchdowns. He put the Eagles on his back, literally. At some point, uh, kind of put the Chiefs, a few Chiefs defenders, on his back on a few of those runs as well. It it almost was like. You know, I know he he was an MVP candidate and he had so many big games, but now he did it on the big stage in the postseason, uh, in the Super Bowl. Even Jalen Hurts played well enough to be a Super Bowl champion, to be the MVP of a Super Bowl, and really to be the MVP of the NFL. Uh, we need to start looking at him in a little little different light as dynasty managers. I think so for sure. It still feels like. There, there's a little bit of of this hangover of draft capital, and you know he's a poor passer, and I don't I don't know that we should even be throwing that that label out anymore. But um, you know, just the negativity, the uncertainty about Hurts, and all of that needs to go away. And and I was one that had some concerns uh, along those lines, uh, even even last off season after he had played so well. Uh, but yeah, that, I mean, that just needs to go away. The Eagles do not need another quarterback. They have their quarterback. They need to pay him and lock him in for years to come because uh, this guy is a superstar. And I think at this point, from a fantasy, from a dynasty standpoint, really the question is, is he the third guy in the top tier along with Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen? Or is he still still in that second tier with Herbert Burrow, Jackson, Kyler, you know, who, uh, Trevor Lawrence is there now, whoever that might be. I, I think I'm ready to put him in with Allen, with Mahomes. He's been so productive, uh, certainly on the field, but from, from a sta- uh, fantasy standpoint as well. Um, he's young. He is surrounded by great weapons. He has, um, even though he's he's lost a couple coaches, we'll talk about that soon, I think, but uh, still has a, a great coaching staff surrounding and supporting him. There's There's nothing... Uh, to not like about Jalen Hurts from a dynasty standpoint. Yeah, he. Uh, I think th- I'm actually having him above Allen now. 
I mean, of those top three guys, he has by far the best weapons. So you get the rushing upside, you get the passing upside now that he's developed as a passer, and you get A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, uh, who we're going to talk about soon. I mean, outside of Burrow, of those top you know, seven, eight quarterbacks, he has by far the best weapons. And, I mean, we're going to talk about Miles Sanders, too, and what's going to happen with that running game. Um, but and I'm sure they're going to address that in the future. But he doesn't really have much out there either. So he's getting the best best parts of, of both. He's got the weapons to support the passing game, and he's going to get most of those rushing touchdowns. Uh, so uh, I think he's quarterback, too, and I think there's an argument to make him quarterback one. It's just so hard to put him above Mahomes at this point for me. And speaking of those weapons, you mentioned Devontae Smith's name. He he's been so good down the stretch and really all season long. He he established himself as one of those guys that you can not only just put in your lineup every single week, but expect big games from, expect a high floor from even. And that wasn't necessarily what we expected out of him, Ryan. Coming out of college, we expected big games and big plays, right? Because he has all the speed and he made all those plays down there at Alabama. But we thought maybe he he would be up and down, a little bit of a roller coaster ride with him, and he established himself as a more consistent option in this offense. He had seven catches for 100 yards, nearly scored a touchdown as well late in the game, and was consistently open as he has been all postseason and really all season long. Yeah, Smith has just been so, so good. I mean, I hate to think about this because uh, I, I got it way, way wrong, but you know, you think back to week one, you think back to week one and uh, Smith was held without a catch, right? He goose egged. We were so excited about that Eagles offense for many reasons. And Smith was was a huge disappointment. We came on here to reflect on week one. And, uh, you know, I was uh, I was really worried about Devontae Smith and, and had some uh, some negative things to say about him and his dynasty value. And um, he's, he's really improved throughout the season and throughout the postseason. His ADP is up, uh, up inside the second round, the late second round. So, um, I guess for me, the question at this point is, can we, can we still buy at that point? Is, is there any meat on the bone? Is there any upside left if he's a second rounder? Uh, I, I think there, I think there still might be a little bit, honestly. Yeah, and if, if his production down the stretch is any indicator, there is some room for him to grow, right? Those last six weeks of the regular season, uh, his worst finish was wide receiver 36, and that was in a half a game, if you remember that. He still caught seven balls for 67 yards. Other than that, wide receiver nine, wide receiver 14, three times out of four weeks, he had a wide receiver two finish in there as well. So, like, literal domination down the stretch of the regular season. And then you translate that to the postseason, and he looked just as good or even better uh, against some of the best competition in the league or what we expect to be some of the best competition in the league. <laughs> although it, he did play that giants defense in there uh, for the rest of these, these Eagles guys, uh, the last guy we should hit on miles Sanders didn't have the biggest game. Of course, seven, seven carries for 16 yards and he's about to be a free agent. He had his biggest season as a pro, Matt, and was productive for dynasty managers. If you had him as an RB2, you're pretty excited about his weekly production. But now he's out there on the market. We're not sure if he's going to be back in Philadelphia. Philadelphia seemed to prefer uh, another tailback in the postseason rather than Sanders. So what's your take on him moving forward in dynasty? He's a really hard one. I, I thought I, I, I had this like kind of gut feeling that 
you know, his, his workload decreased over the last four or five weeks of the season uh, was relatively low during the playoffs. I, I I felt like kind of in my gut that they were kind of saving him for the Super Bowl. And then he had a couple of carries or maybe one carry uh, uh, went backwards and then uh, he just disappeared. And then I was like, what, where the heck is Miles Sanders? And finally it came out that he got banged up. He came back, uh, obviously had a very unproductive game. So I feel like that whatever happened early in the game, maybe have derailed uh, the plan for Sanders in that game. Um, but going forward, I don't think he's going to be an Eagle. He's, you know, he's going to be 26 when the season comes. It's, it's not, it's not ancient. It's not old. Uh, but you know, he, he's on the backside of his career for, in terms of a, a dynasty asset. So, uh, there's lots of good running backs in this free agent class and he's one of them. It's just, it's going to have been on landing spot and where he goes. I could, I don't necessarily think he's ever going to get back into our, uh, even really into our mid running back two, early running back two kind of, kind of, uh, uh rankings or, or how we feel about him, but I think he's going to be like a solid back end running back too for uh, a team, depending on landing spot for for at least another season or two. So uh, right now, while his value is depressed, especially after a disappointing Super Bowl, you know maybe it's worth poking around, see if you can get him for like a I don't know, can we pay a late second for Miles Sanders at this point? Um, if we can, I think that's a price that's palatable. Yeah, I think that's probably could happen uh, out there on the market. Ryan, your thoughts on on uh, Sanders. Yeah. I mean, just not, not very excited about him and his, his <laughs> prospects at this point, honestly. I mean, like, well, when, when the know, Eagles prefer Kenneth Gainwell over him, which seemed to be the case in the, in the throughout their playoff run, uh, that raised some questions, right? Sure. Sure. And, and like Matt said, you Matt said, you kind of heard reports or, or, or whispers that he was banged up or more hurt than, they wanted to to let on or, or whatever. And I don't know, maybe that's the case. He's he's just always been fine, right? Um, he's always been a, a good, solid RB3, you know, sometimes RB2 for the most part. And right now that's where he's ranked. He's the RB24 in our, our, our most recent ADP. I expect him to, to probably lose some value from here, uh, both due to the, uh, the, the slow into a season, the uncertainty about his future, I, I still don't think you could buy him for a late second, honestly. I mean, if I had him, I, I would, I feel like I would want more than that. Maybe that means I have to package him with, uh, with another player for, for an upgrade potentially. But um, yeah, like I said, just, just not a player I'm, I'm really excited about investing in at this point. What, one Before thing I, th- I think, sorry, just one more thing on Sanders. Sorry, Dan. Uh, I wonder, I do wonder if he gets with a new team, if, if, you know, obviously depending on landing spot, but I wonder if that, that coaching staff will want to get him more involved in the receiving game. We saw his rookie season really kind of uh, have, have decent numbers as a receiver. And I'd like to see him get back to that. Just once we made the switch to Jalen Hurts, they didn't really throw to the receiver, to the running backs as much. Uh, before we move on to the chiefs and a couple players there, let's talk about, the, um, those two coaches that the that the Eagles lost, Ryan. It, it seems like uh, <laughs> everybody in the league was dipping into that Eagles recipe uh, sure. and how they did things. And uh, if you haven't heard, it's Shane Steichen, the offensive coordinator for the Eagles. He ended ends up with the Indianapolis Colts as their head coach. Meanwhile, Jonathan Gannon, the defensive coordinator, goes to Arizona. Now, my my limited brain is disappointed. I, I feel like these could have been flip-flopped almost. Like as if you have Kyler on your team, wouldn't you want 
uh, Jalen Hurts' offensive coordinator to be his new head coach. Maybe that's maybe that's too easy. Whatever. I I really don't love the 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 Jonathan Gannon signing down there in Arizona. I would have preferred an offensive mind. Now they're going to have to try to go get a young up and coming offensive coordinator. And let's say he nails it and is great with Kyler and company. That guy's going to be a, a head coach somewhere. Uh, meanwhile, Steichen in Indianapolis, that sounds great, especially if they get their young guy down there. Ryan, your take on these two uh, getting head coaching gigs. Yeah, I'm excited about Steichen as well in, in Indianapolis. Uh, good for, good for Michael Pittman. Good for, uh, Jonathan Taylor, uh, and good for whichever of these three young quarterbacks they they end up drafting early in the draft. That's that's certainly the expectation at this point. And I mean, yeah, I agree with what you said, Dan. I think that's going to always kind of be the um, the thoughts from, especially from from fantasy players, from dynasty players, that a, a defensive hire is never going to be super exciting. But uh, despite some of the struggles, especially in that second half, I mean, Gannon it feels like had a, had a really strong year uh, leading that Eagles defense. And I don't know, I, I'm just kind of disappointed and frustrated with Arizona as a whole right now. So this, that's, it's kind of a stay away team for me, at least early in this off season. Um, but yeah, it's really yeah, that's exciting. Crazy. About that, that's crazy that we're all feeling that way, or at least the two of us are. Uh, about Arizona, because if you flash back a year ago, we were pretty excited about everything going on with the Cardinals. They coming off that playoff appearance. Let's quickly mm. touch on a couple of Chiefs here, a couple of receivers that we need to hit on. Matt Kadarius Tony, he caught that five yard touchdown, had the big punt return as well. There were there were a few glimpses throughout his time so far in Kansas City where you say, okay, that's the guy that got drafted in the first round, but they were few and far between. Meanwhile, Sky Moore a high third round pick and a guy that dynasty managers were pretty excited about. He had a down season, relatively disappointing as far as dynasty managers are concerned. Again, one catch, four yards and a touchdown really on the same play for both of those guys. These, these guys have some upside, of course, in Kansas city attached to Mahomes and that coaching staff, but they didn't show enough of it this year. No, they really didn't. And uh, I mean, Tony, like it just like it seemed like a perfect opportunity. I mean, the same thing you can say for Sky Moore too. Like, there's no really dominant wide receiver there that's just going to demand targets outside of outside of Kelsey. But they never really fed him. Like he was always felt mm-hmm. like a gadget guy, even during his like bigger games down the stretch. Like it was like on like 15 routes run. You know, like he just never really was incorporated into that offense as a as a piece that was going to be out there every snap. Uh, and I don't know if that's going to change going forward or not. Maybe that's how Reed sees him. Uh, Sky Moore, the same thing. Uh, I felt like he should have taken over more a little bit than he did. Um, I, I think I would still stick with more between these two. Uh, the Chiefs drafted him. They like him. He seems to have more of a like a traditional wide receiver skill set. But Tony is obviously that uh, you know that that game breaker. We just need more volume, and I just don't know if it's going to come for him. I kind of feel like maybe they wanted Sky Moore to take a step forward late in the season. And maybe I'm off base here, but I watched yeah. a lot of Chiefs football and it felt like he was on the field more. He he muffed a punt in the postseason. He had a bad drop late in the season too. And that started limiting those opportunities as they got serious and, and were thinking, well, we can't we can't have this guy that can't hold on to the ball on the field quite as much. So I think there's still the opportunity in year two for him to take that step forward. 
I prefer Tony still. I think he's a little more dynamic, and that's why I would prefer him slightly over more. Ryan, how about you if you had to choose between these two guys? Yeah, I'll, I'll break the tie here. I'm going with Sky Moore as well. And really, it's it's just those injuries with Tony. He cannot stay on the field. Um, it's so frustrating because you you I mean you see that punt return, you see that uh, he he juked that uh, juke that defender you know out yeah. of his socks on on that touchdown play, and you just feel like oh we I want to see more of that. And you know the reality is he he pulls a hammy or turns an ankle or whatever, and it just keeps happening over and over. So uh, I do expect these guys to kind of have similar price tags in dynasty this offseason. Obviously ended on a, a high note for both of them. Uh, despite the the limited uh, snap count and, and routes run, but uh, yeah, Sky Sky Moore would be the one I would take if if it's a heads up decision. And there are some uh, things to keep an eye on there in Kansas City. Of course, Juju Smith Schuster, he's going to be a free agent. We'll see if he's back in Kansas City or not. That could open up a door for one of these guys to take on a little bit bigger role. Sleeper Stash of the Week. Yeah, it's time for the Sleeper Stash of the Week, where we take a look at a player outside our top 280p that we think you should consider for your roster. Matt, it's your turn. Who you got? Yeah, I'm going with a name that people know, so it's hard to really call him a sleeper from that perspective, but we're going to go with Sterling Shepard. He's going to be 30 years old. He just got uh, his contract voided today, I believe, or uh, you know, in the last day or two. Um, so he's a free agent for next year. He's going to be – he's an old guy. He's going to be 30, like I said, or he is 30. Um, but uh, he's such – he was such a good route runner early in his career. That's one of his calling cards coming out of school. He's just had such a checkered injury pat, uh, history, especially over the last couple of seasons. Back in the 2021 season, he had hamstring issues early on, and then he tore his Achilles, uh, I believe, in week 15 towards the end of the season – in 2021 and then made it all the way back despite that catastrophic injury for the start of the 2022 season. And then what happens in week three uh, tears his ACL. So he's had a rough go of it. Um, if he can get back from that, I think there's upside there, even off of that Achilles injury, the first three weeks of the 2022 season, he had 24 targets in three games, caught a touchdown in week one, um, 10 targets in each of week two and week three. So I think there's still something there depending on where he lands. We're, we're really, we're really reaching at this point uh, for sleepers this off, off season. Um, but he's 248 overall in our January ADP wide receiver 103. He's basically free. Um, so I don't mind stashing him uh, probably off of the waiver wire in some of the more shallow leagues. Two really lost seasons in a row. So he's finding yeah. the waiver wire in some dynasty leagues, even even in some deeper leagues at this point as dynasty managers are sick of him. I like it. It's a good one for the sleeper stash of the week. Of course, that's brought to you by Sleeper Fantasy, the fastest growing fantasy football platform in the world. Download their app, join a new dynasty league, or migrate yours to their platform and enjoy how easy they make it to manage all your leagues in one place. The DLF Dynasty Podcast Mock Draft. Yeah, let's do let's do a mock, guys. We haven't done one in a little while, so it's time to break it out. We're going to try to get through as many picks as we can in the time allotted. Um, let's, we, what do we decide? We're going to do super flex. We're going to throw some rookies in here. Ryan, you drew the number one pick. Let's kick it off. 
Yeah, Superflex startup. Uh, we kind of talked quarterbacks earlier. Uh, 101, I'm taking Patrick Mahomes. 102, I'm taking Jalen Hurts. Yeah, and I guess that leaves me Josh Allen at number three. Um, they they go one, two, three. And I think this is when it gets kind of interesting because we talked about the tier earlier, guys. And I have the fourth pick. Uh, but but we're looking at this from a different team. Like this is a this is a this is a different team. I didn't just draft Josh Allen. Yeah. So four, um, we're building four different teams here. Yeah, we're building four different rosters, of course. So if I was on the clock with my first pick at four, and I just seen all three of those elites go off the board, honestly, I'm I'm transitioning to another position here. I'm going to take Justin Jefferson at four overall. Yeah, I'm definitely not transitioning positions. <laughs> I'm going to stick with... <laughs> I'm going to stick with quarterbacks. I like to build through the quarterback position in Superflex League, and, and grabbing two of these elite guys is a great way to do that. Um, so, geez, I'm going to go. I'm going to go probably a little bit down the board for most of, most people. I'm going to stick with Lamar Jackson. I'm going to take Lamar Jackson here. Uh, I want those that those that elite rushing upside from both of my starting quarterbacks in Superflex leagues. Uh, so we'll go there. I thought you were going to take my... you on the clock, Ryan. Yeah, I thought. Thought uh, thought Matt was going to take my guy there, uh, so yeah, we we really are building four different rosters each. Uh, I've got two picks here, but two different teams. I'm with Matt. Uh, I'm I'm chasing quarterbacks, uh, eight, nine, maybe ten deep in for in the first round. So at the one point oh six, I'll take Joe Burrow. That feels like a gift. Uh, I think he probably should have been the uh, the four pick. Uh, and with the 1.07, I will take Trevor Lawrence. Hmm. Okay. Uh, that puts me, or that actually puts Matt back on the clock at the eight spot. Matt, who you got here? Yeah, this was tough because I, I mean, I feel like I should just keep going quarterbacks. There's still a bunch there, uh, but. You know, and in, in a in a real startup, obviously there's more than four teams. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pivot. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna take the other top tier wide receiver there, and I will take Jamar Chase. Okay, so that that makes up my mind uh, at number nine. Uh, you left me the quarterback that that I, I was kind of hee hawing around about a little bit earlier. It was either Burrow. It was uh, going with. Uh, Justin Jefferson or going with this guy. And I'm going to take Justin Herbert at nine. The 10th guy there, there seems like a miniature tear break here for me guys, because uh, yeah. we're through those two, those top two receivers. We got, I would say tier one and tier two. Maybe you could throw one more name in there if you want to of those quarterbacks as well. If I'm sitting here at 10 with my first pick, and I know there's two teams right behind me that are going to get two shots at quarterbacks. I think I'm taking one right here. And I got to go with Kyler Murray as my selection at number 10. Matt, who you got at 11? Yeah, I'm going to stick with I'm going to stick with wide receiver. I'm going to stack up uh I'm going to stack up Jalen Hurts with with AJ Brown right here. All right, Ryan, now you you have one team with two picks on the turn. So how are you going to, how are you going to start this build? Yeah. So this will be our, the our, first one. All right. This will be our, our first team with two players. And I think that 
kind of your second move is really where it gets interesting, especially if you didn't go quarterback. I am going to go quarterback with this first pick uh, because I think there's one uh, one clear guy left. So I'll take Justin Fields here at the 12th pick to end round one. Yeah, that's a good pick. He's, he's the one name that, you know, Kyler and Fields, some people are putting them in that second tier. Personally, I push them down to tier three kind of by themselves. So the first rounds on the board, it started off with Mahomes, Hurts, and Josh Allen. Then the first non-quarterback off the board with Justin Jefferson, followed by Lamar Jackson and Joe Burrow. Trevor Lawrence went next at number seven, then Jamar Chase, and Herbert went ninth overall. Kyler Murray goes 10th, A.J. Brown 11th, and Justin Fields at number 12 to Ryan. That same team is on the clock to lead off round two, Ryan. Who are you taking here? I think typically I try to, in, in a super flex startup, I try to get two quarterbacks immediately. Uh, at this point, you kind of have to decide if you want to reach for the second quarterback versus a premium player at, at another position. Um, I, I'm not sure if this is a reach or not, but I'm going to take Deshaun Watson here at 13. Hmm. All right. I'm thinking right now about my team that picked at four overall. And I was I was thinking this draft would go one way, and it seems like it's going going another way. I didn't think it would be quite this heavy with um, with quarterbacks. So that team at at number four overall, that that guy's sweating just a little bit. On the, <laughs> if Watson's already off the board at thirteen, uh, Matt, you are on the clock at the two hundred two. You already got AJ Brown on this roster. If you have that build started, which way are you going here? Yeah, obviously I've got to get a quarterback here with this team. So. Uh... Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Dak Prescott. Obviously, a little bit disappointing end of the season, certainly in the playoffs as well. But I think he's still good. I still think he's a quarterback one. Um, so we'll go with Dak. I have the third pick here, and this team already has Kyler Murray on it. Um, I think there's one receiver that kind of stands out and feels like the bargain. I would have considered Dak for sure and gone back-to-back with quarterbacks here and have Kyler and Dak on this team. I'll take Dak's favorite target, though, and go with CeeDee Lamb here at three. The next pick is the team that took Justin Herbert. So already has a quarterback uh, on this roster as well, and it's time to either start considering the top running back on your on your list um, dipping down a tier in quarterbacks potentially, or, or going to that next wide receiver. Um, I guess I'm going to, I'm going to do the wide receiver route here. I'm going to go with Amon Ross St. Brown. He's my next receiver in my rankings. So he goes off at the two Oh three or excuse me, the two Oh four Matt, you're up at two Oh five. This team already has Jamar chase. Who are you going with here? Dan, yeah. who was your who was your two point oh three? I might have missed that. Uh, that pick was CD Lamb. Oh, thank you. I missed that too. Um, okay, uh, yeah, this team needs a quarterback. It's got Jamar Chase. Obviously, a good start there. Um, yeah, you're right. You have to reach a little bit here, but uh, and it's and it's a little bit of an uncertain future. But my next guy on my quarterback board is Tua Tungavailoa, so we're gonna stick with him. Okay, so Tua and Chase on that roster. That's a nice start as long as Tua is healthy and on the fold. Ryan, you're on the clock at the 206. And if we look back 
at round one. This is that Trevor Lawrence team. So you got the young stud quarterback. You're going to pair him with another QB or go to another position? Ah, yeah, that's, that's the question. That really is the question in the first and second rounds of these startup drafts. I do think it's interesting where what 17 picks in, we haven't named a single running back yet. Uh, I think that's probably how it should be. And, and how uh, a lot of these super flex startups will, will play out. Um, I'm going to go with another quarterback. I'm going to go with Trey Lance here at this spot. Okay, so it's Lance and Lawrence paired up for that team coming out of the seven hole. Now Ryan's back on the clock. This was the team that got Joe Burrow at the 106. Uh, you going to keep the keep the quarterback train going, or are you going another way, Ryan? Yeah, I think I think that the quarterback train is off the tracks, off the rails at this point. So <laughs> I'm going to uh, look at a different spot, uh, and I'm going to take uh, I'm going to take. Jalen Waddle here to pair with uh, to pair with Joe Burrow. Mm, that's a nice pair indeed. Lamar Jackson was the fifth pick in the draft, and that that team has come back up on the clock here. Matt, who are you going to pair with Jackson? Yeah, there's a lot of good wide receivers options out there, and I am going to man, I am going to take one. I'm going to go with Garrett Wilson here. Yeah, that's a good pick for sure. Certainly somebody worth considering in this range. So it's Jackson and Wilson on that team. I got Justin Jefferson at floor, and this was the this was the problem that I was talking about early in the second round, where when I realized that Kyler and Fields and Watson even went in the first 13 picks, we saw Dak right after that, and then two and Lance. I was hoping to get one of those two at the 209. That didn't happen. So I'm uh I'm, I'm going to be scrounging, building through veteran quarterbacks, most likely. I'm going to stick to the wide receivers. I'm going with another young guy. Let's take Chris Olave right here. So Chris Olave, along with Justin Jefferson, now the 210 is on the clock. That team got a quarterback. It was Josh Allen. Um, on the clock here to – you could break the seal on running backs, but it just doesn't seem right. I'm going to keep the wide receiver train moving. Uh, let's go with T. Higgins right here at the 210. Who's the 211, Matt? You you had the yeah, second I, pick in the draft and I, went with Jalen Hurts. What can you do here? Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. I'm going to break the seal on rookies and the running back. We're going to take B. John Robinson here. I feel like there's no way ever that <laughs> B. John is making it to the 211 in a startup maybe maybe in a super flex you, you never know but uh, i feel like he's gonna go in the first or early second um but Bijan here pair him with with jalen hurts you got uh, what what do we got here we got 25 rushing touchdowns between the two of them i'll take it mm-hmm. yeah i like that this seems like <clears throat> seems like a really good spot for him to go certainly ryan and you can you can comment on this for sure i considered him it always comes down to the wide receiver versus the running back for me. And I, I had Alave and Higgins over Bijan still. Uh, maybe I'm a little behind the tide on that. How about you? Yeah, that's probably how it played out is probably how I would rank these guys. I do think you'd probably see uh, Bijan as high as uh, 2.02 or 2.03 here in most uh, most super flex startups. So we'll see where that ADP ends up but yeah i agree with that it's you're not going to see him fall to 2.11 very often um let's see i'm up with the 212 this was the uh 
of course, pairs the Mahomes with, team. This is the Mahomes team. So uh, it's hard to go wrong here. Um, I'm uh, I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Tyree Kill here at two twelve. Reunite uh, Patrick Mahomes and Tyree. <laughs> All right, so Hill and uh, Mahomes are back together again after all the talk all season long. Second round, uh, we started out with Deshaun Watson, then Dak Prescott and his wide receiver, CeeDee Lamb, went third. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown goes number four in the second round, followed by Tua Tungavaloa and Trey Lance. Number seven pick in round two was Jalen Waddell, followed by Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave. We had T. Higgins at the 10 spot. Bijan Robinson, first rookie off the board at 11. And at 12 in the second round, it's Tyreek Hill. What do you say, guys? We got we can burn through a third round, don't you think? Yeah, let's do it. Let's Ryan, do it. Name, what do you got to go, to go along with Mahomes and Tyreek Hill? Uh, this, this feels like a win now, team. Tyreek, Mahomes. Christian McCaffrey at 3.01. Ooh, nice. All right. Good spot for him. Matt, who you got to follow that up? Yeah, this team doesn't have a wide receiver yet, so we'll start with uh we'll start with a young guy. We'll go with uh Drake London here. Okay. That was the next name on my board for sure. Uh I'm up at the three spot. And if you if you remember this had this had Allen and Higgins. I'm gonna go with the aforementioned Devontae Smith right here. I think he fits in nicely. Um, at the four spot, we're still waiting on a quarterback. We're going to be, gosh, we're going to be waiting a little bit longer, guys. I, I just can't do it. And <laughs> There's not one. There's I'm going to go with my first running back taken. He's the next guy on my list, and that's Jonathan Taylor for this team. Matt, you're up at five. Yeah, back to wide receiver. Uh, we'll go. We'll go with the middle middle age, not a middle aged guy, but a middle, <laughs> not a rookie, not a not an old guy. We're gonna go with DK Metcalf here. I like it, Ryan. You're up at the three point oh six. This is the Burrow Waddle team. Uh, lots of intriguing names, certainly at running back and and wide receiver. It, it feels like the right time to gamble on a quarterback. I'm going to go with CJ Stroud here. Mm. Very good. Stroud goes at 306. That puts you back on the clock at 307. This was the Trevor Lawrence team. Uh, I think you took Trey Lance in the second round. So I already got two quarterbacks. Who are you going to go with here? Yeah, Lance and Lance and Lawrence got to go with a, a a position player here. I will go with um, I'm gonna go with Kyle Pitts here. Mm, so Matt, okay, you son of a <laughs> bee, Matt. You were going with Pitts, I'm sure, at the 308, right? Yeah, I definitely was. Uh, All right, uh, who's the we'll, pivot? That's okay. This is the team, I believe, with Lamar Jackson and I think it's Garrett Wilson. And Garrett Wilson. Yep. Yep. So we're gonna we're gonna go quarterback as well here. We're gonna take Bryce Young. Oh, and that poor team at number four overall <laughs> that didn't take a quarterback and thought I'll take a rookie at the end of the third round. We have to pivot once again. Um, ouch, that's painful. Uh, so this team has <laughs> Justin Jefferson and Chris Olave. Chris Olave. 
Yeah. Yep. And that feels great if you have a quarterback to go with them, but it doesn't seem like we have one. Uh, man, I'm, I'm kind of scrounging. I'm going to go to, I've got to go to running back. The next guy on my list, it's Kenneth Walker. So Kenneth Walker is going to be the 309 here. Um, I'm back up at 310. My last pick of the mock, this team has Kyler Murray and CeeDee Lamb. So could use a quarterback as well. I don't have a quarterback ranked high enough to take right here. Um, in fact, the next name, again, is a running back. I, I'm going to go with Brees Hall here at, at the towards the end of the third round for this team. Matt, you're back on the clock. Yes. This is your last pick of the mock. You have A.J. Brown and Dak Prescott on this team. Who's the 311? Yeah, you got me. You got me back on that one, Dan. I was definitely going Brees Hall there uh, to pair with right. uh, AJ Brown and Jalen Hurts. But we're going to go back to wide receiver. We'll uh, we'll 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 take an old guy here, and so we can compete this year. We'll go with Stephon Diggs. All right, that seems like a, a legitimate spot for him to land, Ryan. This is Mister Irrelevant in a thirty-six uh, pick draft. Who you got here? You on the corner at the beginning of this draft, you went with Justin Fields and uh, Deshaun Watson. So quarterback, quarterback. I imagine you're going receiver. I am. Yeah, this guy's definitely not irrelevant. I'll go, I'll go with uh, Cooper Cup. Yeah, that's a nice pick right there. Certainly the next guy on my list as well. Considered him with my last couple picks. Uh, so that's our three round super flex mock that includes rookies. Uh, we're going to try to get a single quarterback one in here at some point. For those of you that don't do the super flex thing, uh, once again, we'll try to get as many picks as we can. So let us know how we did, what picks we messed up on. Who did we miss? Uh, hit us up on Twitter with all of that stuff. It's time for the Rookie Report. Yeah, we got to get to this thing. We got some fun rookies to talk about for sure. Uh, Ryan, you know, the three names that we're supposed to talk about tonight. Who's, who's your favorite of these three? Uh, I mean, it, it's gotta be, it's gotta be the superstar here. Uh, it's gotta be <laughs> Jackson Smith and Jigba. Uh, I mean, just a, a crazy sophomore season, really a, a crazy arc for this guy, a five-star recruit out of, out of high school, barely plays as a freshman because Ohio, Ohio state is always loaded at receiver blows up with basically the best uh, best season ever by a big 10 wide receiver as a sophomore and, and then misses most of this past season with a with a hammy injury so crazy crazy career already for this guy I think most people are viewing him as the wide receiver one in the rookie class though yeah, it really seems that way at this point. There there are some competitors, of course, and we'll get to all of them. In fact, we've already talked about one of them. Um, but you mentioned it. That hamstring injury held him out. There's not a lot of junior year film on him. Um, so you got to go back to that sophomore season where he's so dynamic, had that massive uh, game in the postseason as well, and just looks so good. Um, you mentioned that he's a five-star recruit, one of the top recruits in that class, of course, and there are so many things to like about him, Matt. We got to find out what's the what's the thing about Jackson Smith and Jigba that makes you think, wow, he's going to be a star at the next level. 
man, it's really hard to pick just just one or two of them, but I'll go with the the way he wins, which to me is with with primarily with quickness and acceleration. He's it's just an instant release hmm. off of the line of scrimmage. Uh, and then that quick break, that the, the quickness, the break uh, out of the out of the breaks to just like he just gets open immediately. Um, I, he he does play, you know, over the three years he played eighty three percent of the snaps from the slot, and he's probably going to profile to be there. But so has so I mean so was uh, what was his name uh, uh, AJ Brown was was the primary slot receiver, Justin Jeffers primary slot receiver, and he's a different player than those guys. Uh, we're not comparing him to them, um, but. Uh, that quickness and acceleration off of the line, out of the breaks, uh, he's going to make he's going to make a, he's going to be a quarterback's dream. Like he he creates such a large uh, uh, and quick passing window for quarterbacks is going to make it easy for him to get him the ball. Um, so we'll go with quickness and acceleration as his top two skills. Yeah, I landed at the same place. It's the separation. It's creating yeah. that space for himself. But I thought it was more footwork. And that that's at the line of scrimmage and and that's at the top of the route as well. He's got subtle uh, shoulder shifts and head bobs yep. with, with his feet going one way and his, and his top half going the other way that shakes defenders. I think Ryan, early in the show, you mentioned uh, the route from the Super Bowl where um, Tony gets open and he, and he changes direction so quickly and, um, that's what Jackson Smith and Jigba can do. He can he can make a, a a corner, give all of his effort in one direction, and then snap off in the other direction for a wide open catch. Mahomes lobbed that ball because there was nobody around. We saw C.J. Stroud do that uh, with with Jigba as well, Smith and Jigba as well. So he's he's deceptive, and it all starts with this footwork that get off at the line of scrimmage that you talked about there, Matt. Um, He's got enough speed to to make you make a defender um, get on their heels, but he's not a, he's not a burner like some of the other guys that we've seen. He does it with footwork, and he does it with subtle head fakes and and um, really really that burst at the top of his route to create that separation. And the guy is always open, so he's got such quick feet. That's the thing that stood out to me, Ryan. When you watch. Uh, when you watch this guy, and there are there are so many more things to like about him, is there something other than that? Those couple things that sticks out to you? Uh, I mean, the hands are great, obviously. Um, yeah, even though everybody. he's, even though I, I mean, I, I don't think anybody would uh, would say he's he's the fastest guy in the class or that he has elite speed by any means. But just being able to get open, being able to to uh, create that separation allowed him to be used as a deep threat uh, for Ohio state, even though again, he doesn't have that elite speed. He's not that burner that's running by guys. He's just getting open. Uh, and I mean, he just, he knows how to play the wide receiver position, right? Like he knows all yeah. the tricks already. Um, you kind of feel that when you, when you watch him uh, and then just a route runner. I mean, just a, just a, a great route runner. Um I'm I'm excited about this guy in uh, Matt. Do you think NFL? Matt, do you think he can develop into that outside guy that can can produce all over the field? I I, I think he probably can. It's just hard to because you don't really see it that much. And I wonder if a lot of that of, of a lot of that slot work was due to 
I mean, Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, you know, clearly they're going to be the outside guys, but he had a statistically better season than those guys. Um, you know, it's, it's hard to say if that is because he was in the slot or not, um, but I think he can. In terms of him being a great route runner, I do think he's a refined route runner in what he does, but I think he needs to expand that route tree a little bit. Uh, especially if he is going to transition to the outside. Um, but I did want to mention one more thing that I love, because I know we're going to get to a few negatives. Um, I love that he comes back to the ball as soon as he sees that his quarterback is either in trouble or if he's still scanning the field. So you see, I, I see on the field several times where he snaps off that route. The ball isn't coming to him. The quarterback still has the ball. CJ Stroud still has the ball. And he immediately just comes back and makes it an easier throw for his quarterback. That's a veteran kind of wide receiver move in the NFL, and he's doing it already in college. So, uh, gosh, he's, he's just really fun. Yeah, he, he's we, fun for sure. You, I was nodding my head while you said the, the first couple sentences there, Matt, because you said coming back to the ball. And I was nodding for a completely different reason. When the ball is in the air and it's on its way after he snaps that route, he never, like, tails up the field to start running before yeah. the catch. He always yeah. takes a half a step towards the quarterback, secures the ball, and then becomes – an excellent runner after after the catch as well. He he runs the daylight and finds that that space, of course. And so he has all those things. He's got hands. We you know we shouldn't we shouldn't glaze over the hands. And I know Ryan, you mentioned that, but the truth is, most of these prospects that we talk about, these receiver prospects, we always say, well, he has a few drops. Jackson Smith and Jigba doesn't have those. He catches yeah. it all. I mean, he's got stickum on his hands. He's excellent. Yeah. And uh, he goes up and get the body control um, at the catch point. is so impressive. Uh, um, and you, you just can't just, just the ball skills in general lays over those things. We mentioned that he's not the outside target, Matt. Is there something that you would think is, is maybe holding him back or that scouts might say that's why he's not going to be a top five pick or, or go really early in the draft. I have, I have two things. One of you already kind of mentioned this, that he doesn't have the top end speed. And one thing that, that kind of showed me that, I mean, it's hard to, hard to knock him for that Rose Bowl game with 15 receptions, three touchdowns, 347 yards. But even, it, like, that game could have been even more ridiculous. There were a, a couple of those, those receptions where he had three or four steps on a guy after the catch and was caught behind from, from a couple of defenders. So he's not going to have that. But also, I, I guess I just don't really care because we play in PPR leagues. I want the wide receivers to be able to get open, and he has a short area quicks to do that. He's going to be a PPR monster from that aspect um, and then the second thing is uh, maybe I just need to watch more but you don't need to see, you don't really see a lot of physicality from him a lot of contested catches None. which is good because it means he's getting open with his routes and uh, able to create space and create you know oppor- uh, reception opportunities for himself that way and doesn't need to have those physicalities but I do wonder if those physical big physical cornerbacks uh, in the NFL are going to rough him up a little bit early in routes and if that's going to affect him. And I just don't really have a good answer for that because I haven't really seen a lot of those opportunities for him uh, at the college level yet. Well, he got pushed around a little bit when when he ran into those guys that could do that. But Ohio State, they're no dummies. They moved him in around the formation, lots and lots of motion, right? He, if you If you saw a play – a highlight package of Jackson Smith and Jigba. He was probably in motion before he got wide open and made that catch, right? That's what he's going to need at the next level. And that's, that's what I was going to ask you, Ryan, the he's expected to be a high draft pick. He's going to be a guy that is expected to get on the field early on. 
most likely a slot contributor early and a guy that we we will probably think of as a wide receiver three slash flex play no matter where he lands. But he's going to have to find his way into an offense that knows his skill set and uses him properly a lot like Ohio State did early on in his career because he is not developed as that outside guy. Yeah, and, and Matt kind of alluded to it earlier as far as being used primarily in the slot. How much of that is because they had these other two high-end wide receivers and even though um even though 2022 was was such a disappointment for uh for smith and jigba uh, hardly playing i I wonder if there's a a little uh you know a a little bit of good news just in the success that we saw from olave and from garrett wilson as as rookies in the nfl right like Mm -hmm. if he outperformed them in that 2021 season and then they were so good uh, as rookies. Is that kind of another uh, another plus in in JSN's column? Maybe it is. Uh, on the other side of things, you wonder you wonder about the injury and is how much of a negative is that? Because it wasn't a torn ACL and he's out for the year. It was almost a week to week thing. Like, is he playing this week? No, he's out again. And there seemed to be a little frustration, uh, maybe from you know, from the, from the Twitter community, at least, let me, let me preface that. Um, But the fan base, the, the scouting community, you know, I I don't know. There there was that diva term thrown around a little bit with Smith and Jigba this past season and maybe some frustration that he wasn't on the field more. I think he can put a lot of that to bed by showing up at the combine by running by uh yeah. you know by yeah. doing the physical stuff this offseason he he can uh he can certainly end a lot of those conversations when i watch him i see chris godwin that's the guy that i i think of immediately i think he is a slot receiver i don't think they're going to move him to the outside he's going to dominate in the slot and be a guy that we see get 10 12 14 targets in games and just dominate in PPR leagues. Guys, we got to move on to our second prospect, and we're going to go back to the tight end position. This one's a fun one to talk about for sure, Matt. It's Dalton Kincaid, uh, a guy that that uh, a lot of – it seems like he has a cult following a little bit. Are you one of those guys that are on the Dalton Kincaid Express? I think I am. Like I, I know every, I know the consensus is Michael Mayer, number one tight end in the class, and I, I understand that from a complete package standpoint. But from a fantasy standpoint, like I could see Dalton Kincaid being the better, better fantasy asset. Um, for me, the best, the best two traits for the for him is uh, number one is his hands and ball skills. Like the hand, like he's just such has such such a reliable hands, 70 receptions on 93 targets last season, only two drops uh, on those 93 targets. Uh, so those reliable hands, the athleticism, uh, the length, he just skies for the ball uh, and he catches it just like straight up above his head. You know, like there's no one else getting, getting to that ball. He's at, at six, four, um, the, unless those bigger cornerbacks, you know, they're going to get up there too and going to challenge him on those contested catches, but he's an expert at, at high pointing those balls. And he always catches it away from his body um, with those, but those big old hands. So I'm, I'm a big fan of Dalton Kincaid. 
Yeah, I am too. Yeah, I knew you'd be a fan, Matt. You love those pure pass-catching tight ends, those guys that can stretch I the do. seam and get down the field a little bit. And I do too. All of us dynasty players and fantasy players in general loves it. The extension that you talked about to be able to go up and grab it, uh, that's fun to watch. If you if you saw a highlight film of Dalton Kincaid with Utah, you were pretty impressed with his ability at the catch point, right? And just that raw physical, um, like, domination at times. Plus, he has a killer instinct to go get the ball, yeah. right? When it's in the ball, in the air, he wants it. He wants it bad, and then he wants to punish somebody afterwards after he gets the ball. So um, I like watching him as well. He, he, seems, um, he seems pretty raw to me, like a guy that – um, needs needs some time maybe to develop the rest of his body and maybe even develop his body in general. He doesn't seem like he's fully grown yet. Like like he's getting bigger and he's getting stronger and he's getting better. And maybe he hasn't reached that point just yet. He not that he's coming out early because he's going to be expected Ryan to be a pretty high pick and a and a guy that uh, we're probably pretty excited about in the dynasty community. But he his trajectory most likely is going up at this point. Yeah, absolutely. You look at some of the mocks, you look at uh, grinding the mocks website. Uh, they have him with a, an expected draft position of 47 overall. Uh, I was actually surprised it was that low because you see some of the uh, some of the mock drafts that have him as a first rounder and and even potentially the first tight end drafted. Looking at our uh, at our rankings right now, he's 27 overall in our rookie rankings, the tight end two behind Michael Mayer. Uh, but really all you need to know is he's a tight end. That's a former basketball player, right? That's those are the guys we love. And honestly, uh, I mean, that that's kind of, it's kind of a joke at this point that to mention that with, with these former tight ends, but what you guys are talking about uh, on both ends from a positive and negative, that makes sense with the basketball uh, background. He has that athleticism. He'll go up and get, uh, go up and get the ball. Um, and, and from what Dan mentioned, yeah, he is a little raw. He focused on basketball throughout high school. Uh, didn't get, it sounds like he didn't get the interest that he was maybe hoping for. Goes to, uh, I believe he started at San Diego, so a smaller program. Ends up transferring to Utah and uh, really improved and grew um, throughout his college career. So all of that kind of jives that, yeah, maybe maybe he is a little raw. He's, he's got some um, some learning to do just as far as how to be a football player and, and how to, um, you know, how to use his body and, and, and all of those things. So all of that kind of, kind of makes sense, but I do think there's a lot of upside there. I mean, he's, he's, he's not a blocker. He's going to catch the ball. Like it's, it's, he's kind of, um, I mean, a little bit Evan Ingram, but yeah. bigger and stronger is kind of what I'm, what I'm thinking. Yeah. I, I, I want to point out one one game to watch. If you want to get a good idea of what Dalton Kinke is, go watch the USC game. I mean, it was a massive stat line to 16, 234, and a touchdown. But you saw him every everything you want to see from a receiving tight end. You saw you saw a sideline grab. You saw those jump balls we were talking about. You saw yardage after catch ability. Yeah, you saw him try really hard at blocking. <laughs> but, but that's like Ryan said, that's the best you can really say about his blocking right now. He gives the effort. Uh, he tries hard, but yeah, uh, that's that's going to be an issue for sure. But you know, he only played uh, he played thirty five percent of the snaps in line, fifty five percent from the slot, uh, and ten percent out wide. So he's going to be the receiving weapon. He's going to be that's what we want for fantasy. So uh, if he goes to a team that needs him to block, uh, then that team probably shouldn't have drafted him in the first place. So we'll have to watch for that and for landing spot. 
Let's move on to our final rookie here, guys. We got to cover Kenny McIntosh, the Georgia running back who, you know, I mentioned last week uh, about another player that feels like he's been there forever. And Kenny McIntosh feels like one of them type of types of players. He's been down there at Georgia for a few years now, and uh, he's expected to be a later round guy. He's not necessarily going to be that Georgia running back that we can build our fantasy teams around. But there are things to like about Kenny McIntosh, Matt. Uh, what are your general feelings about him as a dynasty prospect? Yeah, his uh, to me his best his best uh, trait is his ability as a receiver. Uh, he is going to be an absolute nightmare, I think, for uh, for defenses when they're running man coverage. Like I just like if they get him they get him out on like a linebacker. Uh, like he, he's just going to eat them alive, uh, in the receiving game. I think, uh, he tracks the ball. Well, has those, those has really reliable, soft hands. He high points the ball. He had that one, one head catch that you'll see on any, if you look at any high right highlight reel of Kenny McIntosh, you'll see the, the one handed catches, uh, body control, all that kind of stuff. He tracks the ball well down, so downfield. Um, and as a runner, I mean, I think he's, he's not as exciting as a runner. Uh, he is, I think he's patient and decisive once, uh, he sees the hole, he hits it with enough burst to hit big plays. You do see that the contact balance is pretty good. Um, but you know, he's, his, the physicality isn't necessarily quite there as a, as a running back. Um, I, am sorry, I'm going a little long here, but my comp for him was going to be like a kind of a leaner, less powerful Rashad white, just based on the receiving ability. But I don't think he's necessarily as, as powerful as a runner as white is. Yeah, I see him um, kind of in the same same lines as Matt. I, I think once he is in the NFL, although he, I mean, he was the he was Georgia's leading rusher on on a national title team this year, um, so that's that's obviously a plus. But I feel like he's going to be transitioned more to um, not you know mostly used as a pass catching back uh, out of the backfield. That that said, like he is, he does have the size hmm. to be a, a three down back if you want, right? It's two ten. I think you, I think he looks a little bit lean to me. Like I feel like he could support more muscle if they wanted it, yep. wanted him to be bigger. So I think he is. He's going to be like that, you know, that pass catching back. But the upside is there to be a starter if you know things break right for him. I think. That's interesting, guys. I. I have a little bit different take. I, I think he's an ascending player as a runner and feel like maybe he could become a midi or or maybe even have a backfield to himself. I, I kind of liked what I seen between the tackles. His size, like you mentioned there, Matt, he's a bigger guy, a guy that can um, can take on tackler in the field. And I, while I like, I wrote down his pass catchings as a positive as well. I kind of see him as um, as the guy that's going to be picked like in the third or fourth round of the NFL draft and could be the guy that moves up draft boards because he gets that landing spot because uh, an NFL team sees him as the guy that can can handle a workload. And, you know, I, I kind of see him as a better pro than I did a college player. So, while I don't have him ranked as as a top guy, I could see him moving up draft boards as we move along. Was there a negative quickly, Matt, that that you thought of when you when you watched Macintosh? 
yeah, from a from a workload standpoint, I think what was it, 129 carries or something was his his biggest workload as a runner. So we're not sure necessarily if he's going to hold up to that kind of thing. Uh, the physicality I mentioned, and then the one thing as a runner that I saw that uh, you know it seems like he gives up on the de- plays as designed a little bit too soon. Like he tries to he wants to make something happen on his own instead of following the blocker in front of him. Uh, but you know that's 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 discipline, that's maturity as a runner and somebody that has had you know, as, as low as a workload as a runner as he has, despite, you know, being there for so long. Uh, I think I think that's something that will develop in him. So that's not something I'm, I was worried about. It's just really the physicality for me. Hmm. I, I, man, it feels like we might have watched different prospects or something because <laughs> I see him as as a physical runner that um, th- that takes on contact and can can run off of it. You know, his balance is good. Um, you know, he. he you typically those kind of guys, those bigger guys aren't good pass catchers as well. So yeah. that's what makes me think that there might be a three down uh, skill set there that maybe he never got to show at Georgia. Um, so we see him a little bit differently. I'll be interested to see how we got these guys ranked. What about draft capital, Ryan? What are we expecting here with uh, Macintosh? I think he's going to be a day three guy. Uh, we, you kind of hinted at that already. Um, so he's he's going to be in that uh, that deep running back group. And we've already said it about a, a couple of these guys, Abanacanda and and some of the other others we've mentioned in this range. It's going to come down to to draft. Um, I'm sorry, to landing spot and who ends up in the best situation. Yeah, for sure. I I think he could be the guy that lands in the spot and shoots up draft boards for sure. Uh, Most of us have him ranked on that round two, round three fringe. Let's see where he falls in our rankings, guys. We've, of course, uh, ranked these guys as we've moved along. And let's start with Jackson Smith and Jigba. Ryan, why don't you kick us off? Where do you think he fits among the players that we've talked about already? Yeah, so we've got Bryce Young at two overall. These are super flex rankings, of course. Jordan Addison at three overall. So I would put JSN right there at three and bumping Addison and everybody else down a spot. Hmm. Couldn't agree more. That's exactly where I have him, Matt. Yeah, I, I, I'll put him there too. I'm fine with that. I think him and Addison are really pretty like we're split for me. I'm splitting hairs between the two, but you know, a little bit better size for JSN. So I'm fine putting him at three above just above Addison. All right. The second guy we talked about was Dalton Kincaid. Where you got him Matt, among the guys that we've talked about? Gosh, uh, I'm going to put him it, for me. It's right in that Michael Mayer, Rashi Rice area uh, where we have him. We have Mayer at six, Rashi Rice at seven. I'll put him at, at eight. I could have him at seven, but seven or eight, I would say, amongst the guys we've talked about. OK, I'm I'm close to that. I certainly have Rashi Rice above him. Um, I think not significantly, but there's a few spots between them for sure. Certainly above a above a Banacanda, though. Ryan, you break the tie. Where does he fit for you? Yeah, I would go the other way. I would actually prefer a Banacanda over Kincaid, even. So I guess we'll settle with him. Uh, we'll 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 split the difference and go between Rice and a Banacanda. Okay, all right. That's uh, that seems like a good spot. So eight among the what fourteen guys that we've mentioned so far. Let's add in a fifteenth guy, Kenny McIntosh. Where does he belong, Ryan? Uh, he would be behind Banacanda as well, ahead of Chase Brown, Washington Wicks, the other players we've talked about. So I would have him ten overall. 
Okay. I actually had have um, Macintosh in front of a band of Kanda in my rankings. Um, so I guess I would, I would have him right there uh, above, below Kincaid now and above a band of Kanda. Yeah, I'll break the tie. I like him just above Abanacanda as well. Maybe recency bias because I just watched him and it's been several weeks since I've watched Abanacanda. Um, but I like what I saw, for, at least from the passing game standpoint, more from Macintosh. So I'll, I'll agree by with the there and put him. By the time we get through all these guys, we're talking this range, which we're we're picking a lot of guys right in this range. Kincaid, Macintosh, Abanacanda, even Chase Brown you can throw. We're we're talking about second half of the second round into the third round of rookie drafts, most likely those type of spots in rankings. So although we have Macintosh at nine right now, Kincaid at eight, we got a lot of big names to talk about, and these are super flex rankings as well. Guys, we're out of time for sure. For Ryan and Matt, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening to this episode of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. We'll catch you again next week.